Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. Good evening and welcome to another edition to the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show on Saturday the 7th of April, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're having a great weekend, whatever you've been up to today, as I say in the UK it is 8 o'clock at night here and if you're in other parts like America it's obviously you're still having in the middle part of your day or still having fun. So we welcome a guest co-host on the phone uh, from London, we will be speaking to Chit Chitiwi, Chitiwi. Chip Chiwi, I can't put my teeth in, I've lost the plot already. Chip Chitiwi, um, uh, get my teeth in there. Uh, on the phone, we'll have a guest call from London. We will be talking about crime in London, as uh, London has been hit with a wave of crime over the last uh, few months of this year so far, with several deaths and stabbings, and we'll be talking about that. Also, we'll be discussing uh, the recent uh, acquittal of a man, 78-year-old pensioner, uh, who was uh, stabbed, a robbery, or a burglar, to, uh, and he died. But he was freed because of uh, self basic as common sense prevailed. We'll be discussing that. What do you do when you a burglar comes into your house? We'll also be discussing education. And we'll also be d- discussing what Chip does in her job, in her coaching. So we've got lots to talk about, lots to have fun. It's Saturday, so Chip, welcome to the show. Hello, hello, Fraser. Thank you so much for having me. No problem, no problem. So how's your day been? What have you been up to today? My day's been very relaxed today, to be honest. I spend most of the day just relaxing at home and spend some time with my son and some family. It's been a good day. The weather's been absolutely amazing as well in London today. That's good. Fantastic. Weather has not been too bad. It's been warm. It's been very muggy. It's not been raining at the start, but it's not raining later, but it's still very muggy. It's very humid up here. <laughs> so not complaining, but 12 degrees, give or take. Some happy days for this. It's better than what it was like minus one or two on Wednesday when it was a snow so it was a lot better yeah it feels a lot more like spring now to be honest so I'm quite happy about that at the moment yes that's a good thing so well so you've been chilling out today you've popped a few volume tablets just to get your first radio interview just to keep you calm (laughs) exactly that well not quite like that but um Yeah, we've you know we've been we've been outdoors in the garden. The kids have been running around. I've got my uh, sister's um, kids as well. I've got uh, her sister-in-law's kids. So it, it's it's a full house. It's well, a full house. A family affair. A family affair. And, yeah. Uh, especially with all these kids, the house must be mayhem. <laughs> Literally. It absolutely. This is why we had to take them outside, Fraser, because <laughs> it was just too much indoors. <laughs> hey, I just tidied last night. It's now bombside. Help. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Edinburgh Dusters from Edinburgh. Come and clean it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but anyway, well, um, we're going to talk about we're going to, before we kick off, and what we're going to talk about, we're going to kick off a tune just to get the people in the mood. It's a Saturday, and it's always fun to be Saturday. But we're talking about serious talk about crime in London because there has been a lot of crime going on at the moment, especially in your neck of the woods. But we'll talk about that after we play. So it's coming into summer, it's not quite summer of 69, it's summer of 2018 or 2018, depending on how you want to say it. So we all play Brian Adams, summer of 69, just to get you uh, tapping your feet and uh, get boogieing and shaking some hips. And it's Saturday, Saturday, I won't start singing because you'll all just tune off. But as I say, it's 
Uh, we're back after the song. We'll be with Chip Chitiwe. Is it Chitiwe? Am I pronouncing it right, eh? Chitewe. Chitewe. Chitewe? Yes. Chitewe. Yes, that's it. That's it. it. Chitewe. Chip Chitewe. Chitewe. I'll get it right. Get good to put my teeth in there. Happy days, right? I'll be back after this. Summer 69. Bye bye. Bye bye. Back. You can remember this podcast show on hotsonglive.co.uk. We have our guest goes online, Chip Chitiwi. Chitiwi, I'll get it right eventually. Uh, but the show, how are you doing? You're right. 
Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Okay, we're going to kick off with some of the topics. One topic is being burgled. Okay, what's your thoughts on the recent uh, pensioner who was, thankfully, he was acquitted. He was uh, released on custody uh, after being, well, he was in custody, but he was released with no charge after the murder of a burglar who came into his house after being stabbed and later, found, later found dead. Now, what's your views? If you're in, what's your views on this? Now, should we, excuse me, should we have the right to defend ourselves that doesn't cause us to be prosecuted in any way if somebody comes into our house regar- uh, regarding uh, trying to burgle or invading our space, especially as a woman or even as somebody of, of seven, like this guy, 78, of older age, uh, especially they may be vulnerable or afraid. Um, mm. And what is your thoughts on if you're, especially if you've got kids, you want to protect them and you, I mean, probably grab the first thing at sharp and you want to automatic pilot you just don't know what you're going to do i mean what's your thoughts on that it's it's a very sad sad situation isn't it when um you sort of feel like you can you can only defend yourself so far within your home obviously i don't condone any type of you know violence or use of knives or guns or whatever however when you're in in your home this is your safe space right the poor man, 78, I can imagine, with everything that's already going on, you have somebody, you know, invade your private space, you know, your safe place. And then, you know, whatever led him to defend himself in that way, um, he's then, you know, he's the one who's in trouble for it. Unfortunately, it's, it's unfortunate that a life was lost. But then you, you have to ask the question of, you know, how far is too far? With the law, like you know, are they are they sort of making us feel like um, they want us to help protect the community, but at the same time, you can only do so much. It's it's very difficult to say where you draw the line in situations like that. I can understand if you're outside, you know, because it's a public space, but in your home, it's it's just so sad. I'm glad for the man that you know common sense did prevail and. He, he's 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 gotten out of it, but I can only imagine the trauma that he'll be going through from this point on, thinking, I might be in my house, I could lock the doors, put an alarm system on, but if somebody were to come into my house, I'm just to stand back and just let them do what they're doing. I think, yeah, it's, it, I see I mean, yeah, it, I think if you, I mean, the risk of being, um, if somebody was coming, you, the risk of you getting your head kicked in, in a sense, or beaten up very badly, even to the stage of actually being hospitalised and then a burglar takes her whatever he takes and he or she leaves it to be, um, probably diversity these days it could be a she you never know uh, just to keep the piece of the snowflakes out there um, but yeah it could, something could happen uh, and you could uh, be beaten badly or hurt and uh, you, you, they get away with it they, nothing will be seen so she, we defend ourselves and we end up actually causing injury to a burglar, they take the risk of going into somebody's house to steal your your possessions. And if I, I mean, technically, I would, if you had something sharp, I would not be afraid to attack them because in the, the day, I want to defend my home. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had clients uh, who mm-hmm. were in their bed, and they, I mean, it proves how this is in Edinburgh. They had their, they have the technology. They managed to somehow get into the the, the front door because a lot of people leave their keys. Um, in the, the sort of the little basket at the front door, and they managed to get in the door. I must have heard something at six o'clock in the morning, and they stole their two cars. 
Um, and obviously, if you approach them, you could, uh, it might be, as I say, at risk of you protect yourself, you could go hurt or something like that to try and prevent getting mm-hmm. cars nicked. Um, but in a day, what do you do? As you, as you say, where do you draw the line? Do you approach them, you might get hurt, or you just let them steal it and well, take the hit and be lost? And in the day, at least, you, at least your life, you're protected, you're not hurting anything in any way. Exactly. I mean, you know, what you have to think about is uh, uh, this person's coming into your house, they're a stranger. You don't know them. You don't know what they're capable of. My my instinct, if I were in my house with my son and somebody came in, my instinct would be to pick up the closest thing possible to try and actually, you know, you know, disable that or scare them off or something, you know. And uh, I was reading earlier on this topic of the burglar where it says that you can use reasonable force. What is reasonable force? Exactly. You know, if if I am a person of, you know, six foot and I'm a bit tough and the burglar is five foot three and my reasonable force could actually cause that person injury, what happens then? It's a very you know. grey area, and I think we should. Yeah. If, I mean, I suppose in America, if somebody tried to trespass or burgle your house, they just pull out a gun and just go bang, and end up well, ain't going very far. Put that way, uh, and you'd be you actually you kind of wish you never actually burgled the house in the first place or tried to approach the the place. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of a bit of a different story over there. You end up you, know, you may end up a couple of bullets in your head. Uh, so it's kind of a bit more. Well, I think they've got the laws are probably more for. The order of the property rather than the burglars. If you choose to burn or trespass, well, the consequences are the consequences. Over here, we seem to be a bit more, as I say, I think we're just more divert. We say more, well, why should we give the people who burgle our house to the sort of, well, if you, why should we be blamed for them trespassing? And that's the question we have to answer. And why are we letting. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely correct. It's, yeah. it's just, uh, I mean, it's like anything. If you, I mean, at the end of the day, if you bump a car, if you're driving and you bump somebody's car, you're at fault, and you know you're at fault. It's you to blame, and you have to pay. You have to either pay for their car or through your insurance, etc. Uh, so why, if somebody comes to burgle your house or burgle your property, uh, and the burglar gets injured in some way or form, okay, loss of life or not, but at the end of the day, it shouldn't be. It's not our fault. Because in the, the day they're coming to attack you, they're doing basically doing the harm, not us. Because we're just defending ourselves, defending our property, or our things, our livelihood, our kids. Because as I say, especially for you, you've got kids and family. If you somebody kids yeah. be sleeping in bed, you just you know you you'll be in a mother's instinct, right? You'd be going, who knows what you'll do? You just don't know. Yeah, you just don't know. And I suppose, you know, it's, 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 you know, it might raise the question of, well, why did he, uh, you know, use a knife? Uh, we don't know what happened in the heat of that moment. We have no idea. We were not there, right? Mm-hmm. But then if, if a burglar came into my house and I was in the kitchen, what objects have I got in my kitchen? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. In the heat of that moment, I could grab absolutely anything it could be a, a pot of, of scalding water or oil on on the cooker it could be absolutely anything and in in that moment of wanting to protect my home my children i will take action 
you know, I might reflect on it later and think in hindsight. But in that heat of the moment, you, you, I think it's very difficult to, to, to say that you know a person can control what type of weapon they grab in the heat of that kind of moment. So, you know, it, it, it's a difficult situation to be in. I really feel for him. Um, but then again, you know, what do you do? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, we'll go. We'll move. End of the day, you're probably like, those who are listening uh, around the world, if tuning in, uh, we'll give a couple of shout outs to maybe people like Tammy Francis Donaldson. Tammy, because you were interviewed by Tammy just recently, a couple of days ago, on her live stream. Yes. Yeah, so shout out to Tammy if you're listening. How you hope you're keeping well and you're tuning in to the. The, the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show on Hearthstone Live um, and you will be on the show next soon uh, you'll be going to get the she wants the Tammy brand we'll get her global so that's the plan uh, mm-hmm. Gar Cook is one of our contributors to our show he will be, will be hearing from one of his uh, got to be Stinger or something like a promo we always play him because he contributes to the show uh, Gar Cook on our podcast um, but we'll come come to that later uh, our next topic we're going to go into is basically crime in London. London has been stated in the news that it is higher than New York at present. Uh, crime stats. Now, I probably obviously believe in the media who hype up everything uh, in general these days, which uh, is not hard. But we're going to be talking about London, especially Chip has had recent incident pretty much on her doorstep and uh, with a lot of stabbings and people being hospitalised deaths since January there's been a lot going on in London so tell us, because this is on your doorstep and you're in London, tell us what's been going on what's the feeling, do you feel safe Do you tell us the change in I mean for me, you know, here in Edinburgh I mean Edinburgh's not even too bad but just when you walk around Edinburgh, Edinburgh City these days, the Edinburgh City, the face of Edinburgh has changed there's a lot, you've not just buildings, but the people, and it's totally, you honestly don't know your own city. Now, maybe that's a similar idea to London, because of your mm. own area, you'd be grouped up there. Uh, but tell, before you go into the sort of dynamics of what's been going on and leading up to that, mm. tell us a bit about you. Tell us, uh, before you go into your job, but we'll go to that later, but tell us uh, a bit about you. Obviously, you're not originally from. Are you from London? You're obviously you're from Zimbabwe. Uh, yes. So tell us a bit about your background and how you ended up in the UK and what you've been doing. Just kind of we'll talk a bit more later after, so then we can kick off in the crime part. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. Um, I moved uh, to the UK uh, when I was fourteen, uh, basically to join my parents who'd moved uh, when I was still a toddler uh, to finish their education. Uh, my dad was a doctor. My mum's a um, PA legal um, assistant. So basically, you know, once they were settled, they brought uh, us over here, my brother and I, to join them. And um, so I went to school. I've pretty much lived within the same area since I arrived in the UK. Uh, I went to school here. I moved away to university um, in Portsmouth, and then I came back to the area. So I've sort of been within the same area, and I've, you know, I, I love it. I love it in the UK. I do go home often to Zimbabwe to see my family because I love it there as well. Um, but living here where I live in South London, um, from being, you know, a, a student in school to, you know, going away to university and coming back, um, being a working young woman to becoming a mother, 
I can definitely say within my, you know, the community, the area that I live in, I can see how it's changed. It's changed so dramatically in the past uh, 20 or so years that, you know, um, from the way I used to feel walking in the street when I was 14, 15, 16 to how I feel now, mm -hmm. there's definitely a difference there. What would you point out as a difference in when you're walking the streets now? Well, when I was in school, I, I just don't know if it's just my generation or if it's just a bias that I have. But in my opinion, you know, um, there, there was a lot of uh, we, we had we had respect. We had fear for our adults. You know, yes, there's always been, you know, in any any age group, there's always the kids who sort of, you know, test boundaries and they push boundaries and, you know, they can be a little bit rowdy, et cetera. But um, I, I remember, you know, being on, on the bus on the way from home from school or to school. And if an adult, you know, spoke up to the kids and ask them to be quiet, you know, we might giggle a little bit, but we'd certainly tone it down, Yeah, you know, and things like that. But over time, and I have personally observed this myself, you know, you, you're sort of put in a corner by school kids these days, even kids as young as 9, 10, 11, or younger than that sometimes, you know, they, they talk back, and you feel so intimidated because of everything else that's going on that you think, well, maybe I shouldn't get involved, but then it makes it uncomfortable for everybody else, you know, who's just trying to get about their journeys or do something, you know, in the town centre, you know, you see the groups of kids and you can see that the people around them are sort of wary of, OK, what's going to happen? Are these kids friends? Is this a gang? Are they going to kick off? Mm -hmm. You know, and you can see people moving. You can definitely see the change in the behaviours of the people around probably compared to how it was when I was growing up. You probably also notice that they all tend to wear the same kind of clothes. The grey trousers, yeah. and, and, and instead of like it used to be like in the past, it used to be kappa tracksuits. I'm showing our age here. <laughs> they always tell us a couple of Neds over there, as in the, for those who don't want no Neds are they're kind of not what we would call a kind of the youths basically of today in our, in our day, but um. But they all wear the same kind of clothes. They all go. They must go to the same shop and say, "Well, great taxi, please, great taxi." And the, you know what I mean? And they all yeah, or oh, it's trends. You know, trends have have got have become quite popular these days. You know, something just has to trend being worn by a certain celebrity or whatever, and then everybody's wearing the same thing. So it just ends up looking like they've all been shopping together, yeah. but they're all just trying to follow that trend. They all they all walk in the same shop. And say, 20 great, 20 great tracks your bottoms please and yeah, tops exactly. as well and one for him, he takes an extra large he's a small, medium there we go, I just <laughs> it's too stupid isn't it but even, yeah. even see I even, I, I'm walking, I wear jeans a lot now ok my uniform times work uniforms be grey but you see, I don't for people in their forties wearing tracksuit bottoms, trying to look young, and I go good, and try just like good grief. I thought, how old are you? And just like wow. But going back to obviously the kit use now in this day and age, I think do you think there's the a heightened as you say, but you get nine year olds, ten year olds, and they give you back chat these days. Are we too soft? Is because technically. 
in the day, you, as I say, way back in our, in our time, you got a clip round the ear, you get a, a, a hiding to none, and you wouldn't get into trouble for it if you got kicked, mm. which mm. would be by an adult. But uh, yeah. now, if you even did that, clip them around the ear, touch them, you'd be in, you'd be in trouble. But in the day, when it's not, it's like this, it's a similar similar scenario to the burglar situation, but. Because they're the ones that are causing the trouble, they get away with blue murder. And as soon as you try anything against them, it's you that gets into trouble when they're starting it, they're provoking it, they're doing all the, they're causing the harm basically. But we can't touch them because they're overprotected. And what are their and, and what are their parents doing? What are their parents doing? Where are their parents and bringing them up? Where and, and why are they causing all this trouble? Is it like also is there group there's a heightened grooming of gangs for younger kids and the seem to think it's hard to carry knives and uh, stuff to, and go out and cause trouble or to potentially harm somebody. Mm. Well, you know, I don't. I, I think there's a lot of factors. There are a lot of factors that come into play in, in, in the situations with our young uh, kids these days. And, you know, it's not just the boys. It's the girls as well. I mean, oftentimes I've had discussions with parents, you know, um, you know, friends of mine who are parents, and they have commented on how much the girls are a lot more aggressive sometimes than the boys. And they, you know, I, I'm a mother to a son and their mothers to daughters, and they often raise concern about, you know, fearing sending their child to a certain high school because they encountered, you know, a group of girls from that particular school behaving in a certain way and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of things to take into account. One, um, you know, there's a lot of rules and regulations against, you know, how you can discipline um, children now, not just for parents, for anyone in society, for teachers. And I'll come to that when we talk about education. You know, there's uh, parents are having to work a lot longer hours, a lot harder just to try and make ends meet, which leaves the children unattended for hours on end. You know, you don't know who's influencing them in that time, you know, or just generally sometimes the way parents talk to their children or behave around their children, you know, will have an adverse effect on them. You know, there's also the the issue of kids having kids. Yes, exactly. You know, uh, there's so many things that you you sort of have to look at loads of different areas to try and get to, you know, uh, sort of... uh, and not even the main reason, just the, the beginning of the situation to figure out why it's happening. Why are the kids behaving like that? You know, why do they feel so comfortable to be rude? Why do they feel so comfortable to walk around with a weapon? Is it peer pressure? It, the list is endless, Fraser. Exactly. I was, uh, when I was once saying, okay, I haven't been at McDonald's, but uh, there was a table by me that was just, Kids are probably, I wouldn't surprise me, they were 10, 11 years old, if that. Uh, and the language coming out of them was, I thought, good grief. I mean, we got, we'd never get, probably never get away with that at our age. Uh, when we were the, at that age, uh, we get slowly belted. Um, if, with, but nowadays, there's just so, as soon as you tell them, I mean, the language, they'll just give you 10 times more. Um, and that's the problem. They use, they just, as I say, there's just no control. And I think, if I think I mean this is this goes towards like maybe the 
a lot of countries are banning the smacking ban. Now, mm. obviously, if you were to smack your child or they got taught a lesson, more it's that controversy that you, it could be abuse, but it's not abuse. It's teaching a lesson in a sense because before, maybe if you got into trouble, but I mean, especially in some parts of yourself in Africa the way if you're you basically get a good beating in some ways but in a sense it does later on in life it teaches them how to respect and how to be be mindful of their elders and going, going forward you know um, yeah. but in uh, here well if you it can be seen as abuse and you get taken to child services and all that it all goes through the process when you're only Absolutely. trying to only trying to discipline your child so they can be, be respectful of adults as they grow up and they'll be a better person. I mean, are we being too soft on these people, generally? Are we being too soft um, on the children or the well, adults? Both. Well, mainly kids, because are, really, are we just being too soft? Are we just letting them away with blue murder? Are we just... Should we be more strict? What? I suppose it's all... Sorry, it's all the abuse thing as well. So, That's the big, big yeah. I mean, what I personally think is, you know, um, parenting is a very difficult thing. It's a very hard thing to do. And um, if you start disciplining your children from a very, very young age, I mean, from as young as two even, um, and I'm not saying smacking, but just really enforcing rules and making sure the children follow through with those rules, you won't have that problem compared to a parent who, you know, I often hear parents going, oh, he or she is just a child, just let them be, you know, up until they start school reception age five or four or five, whatever it is. And then you start to try and bring in the rules at that point, there's a lot more resistance. And the child might look at you and think, well, hang on a minute, I was able to get away with this yesterday. Why all of a sudden is it something that I cannot do? You know, then you have the tantrums and then you think, oh, I can't deal with the tantrums. So you let it go and you let them continue. So the parents sometimes can be soft. Um, the parents can be soft and they, they don't start reinforcing these rules. You don't have to smack. I'm not against smacking, but I'm not a smacker myself. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go that far. But if you start putting rules into place from a very young age, a two-year-old can understand instructions. Mm -hmm. So very easily, you know, and if you follow through, there's that thing, you know, I've suffered from it as well as a mother, you know, where you discipline your child and a few minutes later you sort of feel guilty and you think, should I backtrack or should I go and give my child a cuddle because I feel bad for disciplining them? No, you need to walk away from that situation and let it, you know, let it sink in and you know don't don't send mixed signals to a child if you've disciplined them you've disciplined them that's the end of the story you walk away from that and then you start afresh and you know oftentimes you know parents will tell a child off or tell them they're going to confiscate something and you know they grow up thinking oh well you know mom was going to turn you know turn around and give me what I want anyways and you do hear some children say that oh mommy's just saying that you know she'll give me back what I want that He's just saying that, but he'll still give me what I want, and that's not how our children should be seeing us as parents. Going uh, just go back to the crime a little bit. Um, 
Do you think Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London, is doing a good job or not? Or should he be doing more to protect... Uh, we've been saying in the news that communities need to be getting involved, but should him, as the Mayor, uh, should he be doing a lot better uh, than uh, to help the communities or trying to maybe better the police force or give them more powers or obviously trying to increase stop and search? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. See, my thoughts on that is it, it is very unfair to put it all on Sadiq Khan. Of course, he is the mayor of London and he has a responsibility as a mayor. But what we have to understand is he, you know, it's like saying, um, you know, he's the father of the however million people living in London and he should be able to protect every single one. He can't do it on his own. Of course, he's going to need the police to help. He's going to need the communities to help. But what are those people who he needs the backup, the support from doing to make it a better place? I'm sure there'll be resistance in some places. You know, people might say his focus is on, you know, um, the US visit or whatever it is. But you can't just get London running properly overnight. I'm sure it's a process that will take time. I, he might not even be mayor by the time, you know, you know the rules change, the law changes. It, it, it's not an easy process. He can only do so much. How much is everybody else that can help him make those things happen, putting in? You know, it's, it's not just his job alone. We've got to think about it as, you know, everybody needs to take the responsibility that they need to take in whatever area they're in. Should he, I mean, it was also reported that he hasn't actually gone and seen the families yet. He hasn't visited the ones that have been, obviously, the victims of the the families basically are suffering at the moment. He hasn't visited them. I mean, what should, I mean should he just step up and say, right, let's go and, take, go and visit them and, and talk to them direct rather than hiding away? I mean, I don't know if... Because uh, he should put his big girl panties on and go and, uh, go and see them and, and sort it out, go direct and deal with the problem and say what am I going to do about it at least it gives them some sort of uh, comfort in some way or form even though they're suffering with the loss yeah yeah it's, it's also you know a, a, an era where you sort of have to think you know do those families want him around them at this point in time is it safe for him to go there I'm not saying that they would be violent but I'm just saying sometimes they, they you know people handle grief in different ways yeah. I think he should step up and do more for those families to sort of help them through this difficult time but um, you know not taking away focus on you know preventing it happening from another family that's yeah. what we really need to work on now we need to prevent this happening to another poor family in london because at the rate it's going the list by the end of this year will just be you know it, it, it's it's just unbelievable at this point we're only in april how many people are on the list it just keeps going higher and higher and higher exactly. you know 52 people or something like that the last time i looked there's a lot could be yeah. less could be yeah less. and you know we we need to start preventing definitely they, there's there's a responsibility to those families who've been affected so far if it's that they want him to come and talk to them or you know to tell them how they're making it um, that how he's going to try and improve things in the city you know i'm sure some of them still have other children at home who they're absolutely terrified for now mm -hmm. you know 
but then it's a, it's a difficult it's a difficult area really isn't it do they want him there and if he, if they do what is he doing about making that happen if not then what are you doing about preventing it from happening to another family exactly right, we're going to take away in our music break but we're going to be shout out to our contributors we have obviously edinburghdusters.co.uk company likes to clean we have cardioadvisor.co.uk looking to buy a car um, also we have Ideas Go Live John Drummond who is from Web Design and we have the Gaia Cook Report podcast we have EileenSmith.com we have For Humanity Shannon Griffin if you're listening from all the way to California he does t-shirt brand uh, Survivor Breast Cancer um, we have littlebeaches.com Donald Brandt which is regarding clothing apparel so if you're into if you, if you want beachwear go to littlebeaches.com uh, that's our supporters at present uh, so we thank you for them also next week's show we'll be talking about cancer we have a, um, I've actually forgot her name <laughs> I have a completely blank spot uh, we're in our survivor breast cancer we are talking to you next week on a new charity which has been started and we will be talking uh, next week on that so also uh, but the topic mainly is about a charity which has been set up which is to highlight uh, to mainly ethnic minorities for people who may get cancer uh, who may have stage 2 cancer is to get treatment and not just whether they go to church or not and be expecting a miracle expecting um, to be uh, get prayed for all the time and expecting to be healed and not get medication is to do both so they don't end up with stage 4 cancer and end up dying and losing their life so we're discussing more detail next week on the next next show but we'll take a quick break and we'll be back after the Stinger from Guy R. Cook will be, uh, and then we'll be at Bon Jovi It's My Life and we'll come into back to to TV Chip and um, I mean not as a last name <laughs> okay right eventually um, and um, we're going to talk about education and a bit more about her and her coaching and what she does and uh, a bit more into her life and what she does for fun and with her kids and everything and we'll uh, then we'll round up the show with we'll have or one of her songs that she's picked a Gladys Knight which should be great and the Pips and then we'll uh, a bit more information from Chip and then we'll close out and I'll be that'll be the end of the show. So we back after this and we'll see you in a bit. Hi, this, Hi, this is Guy R. Cook of the Guy R. Cook Report, and I hope you're enjoying today's episode of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show on heartsonglive.co.uk, and we'll talk about how to create a free Facebook local event for your business and one of the topics coming up on the Guy R. Cook Report. Now back to free. For the broken hearted A silent prayer For faithy parted And I ain't gonna be Just a face in the crowd You're gonna hear my voice When I shout it out loud It's my
to Hedrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show on heartsonglive.co.uk and uh, we have our guest co-host Chip GTV on the line how you doing? Hey Are you enjoying yourself and so far on your first radio podcast first radio show? Absolutely <laughs> Having on. a great time That's good So let's talk about education tell us what you want to talk about Okay so I, I'm very passionate about education um, obviously um, the system is different to what I grew up in in Zimbabwe. Um, it, it's, it was a lot stricter back then, you know, in the 80s growing up and coming to the UK and transitioning into, you know, the way things are done here. It wasn't so difficult for me because I, I just loved school anyways. Um, but what, I, what I'm experiencing uh, now as a mother with a child who's just started in the education system is there are so many sort of rules that prevent teachers from doing their jobs properly. Um, I also have a cousin of mine who's, who takes an active role in, you know, in our lives with my son's education as well. And she's a teacher and she often comes back, you know, and tells us, you know, what she has to put up with every day. You know, she loves her job. Um, but then there's so much going on in the background that prevents her from actually doing her job to the best of her ability because there's rules against, you know, um, how you can, te- how you can, you know, uh, keep the kids in class. If a child decides they don't want to be in your classroom and they walk out, there's nothing you can do to bring them back into a classroom. You know, it's almost like the teachers' rights have been taken away from them. But also, 
some parents, not all parents, you know, don't take an active role Mm-hmm. in their child's education and oftentimes you know I, I I recently had parents evening at my son's school he's only in year one mm-hmm. so you can only imagine we've got many 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 years to go before he's out of the education system and um you know his teacher's amazing she's she's wonderful and I'm not just saying that she actually is very good and she actually had to say to me you know I can't push your son further even though I see that he's got so much potential right. unless you give me the permission you know back in my days in school my yeah. teacher didn't need my parents permission to push me further to bring out my full potential you know, they could just do it. They could just, you know, challenge you a bit more. But now it's almost like the tears, the teachers are in fear of, you know, parents coming back and, you know, complaining. And, you know, I've seen this as well in our year one classes. I've seen people, you know, we had a survey about should the kids be given homework or not. And there was a lot of negative response towards that. And I thought to myself, well, at what point Is this do we actually... You know, do we actually start to see education as something that's vital for our children, at least in their early years? It's it's not for everyone, but at least in their early years, where else are they going to learn discipline? Mm -hmm. You You know, I think education systems are sort of a way for them to start learning discipline. Um, Sorry, like in my son's school, they have a a school ethos, like a motto, uh, show respect, take responsibility and always make the right choices. Mm-hmm. And what I've done now is I've actually taken those roles and also, you know, input them in our house. And I've also said, you know what, this is for everywhere in your life, not just at school. It's for home. It's for when you're out in the community. You have to show respect. That, that shouldn't be asked of you. But our kids these days don't seem to know Mm-hmm. You know, when you say year one, well, is it year one as in primary one or as in primary one? Right, yeah, primary one. so right at the beginning. Um, okay, right at the beginning. Yeah. Do you think? Well, I think homework. I mean, I think in the day we should have uh, be I mean in some way or form giving at least something to do, whether it's you know, just identifying pictures or something or whatever, uh, some sort of homework to get them into the habit um, of doing homework, especially as the school years go on. Especially when they get Absolutely. to secondary school, I mean, I mean, as I say, they've only got the best part of seven, well, literally six years or so of primary school before they go into the secondary school, uh, whether they go into a, a public school or boarding school or etc. Uh, they do have to, I think they need to get into the habit early and to have that negativity, well, what's the, how are they going to learn, how, this whole point of going to school, I mean, a lot of, I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, talk about education. You know, this is another thing which I've discussed with some people before. Um, maybe in the modern day world, a lot of families are high powered couples or, or busy couples or big jobs who have kids. As soon as they have the child, they tend to take basically, as soon as they're happy, within months, they're in a nursery basically. They're back to work. I understand society and things are different these days, and you have somebody have to work and yeah, mm-hmm. to, to pay the bills, understand that. But is it right in a sense that technically, well, here, nearest nursery, there we go, pretty much from seven, half seven, eight o'clock in the morning until the best part of five o'clock at night, six o'clock, your child has been, basically their mother is the nursery 
and you see your child pretty much at night or in the morning, you get up and that's it. And maybe the weekends, and that almost because your job is so part high intense that you have to do that. Should, in a sense, I know it's difficult. In a, I mean, I think the first five years of a child's life is important to be learning and and teaching and being a part of their life and growing up because as soon as they hit school well they hit school and that's it it's, they're going to be learning and growing up very fast and I think the first five years are important now maybe what is your sort of a thoughts on that you think you should they should at least be something out there that can give the ability to mothers and fathers that to maybe splitting the road at least for those first five years that they have that parent contact constantly so they learn and grow and be uh, be taught in the right way, not just being dumped in a nursery full of kids and coming back with germs and giving colds and all that stuff kind of thing, <laughs> which happens I mean, what's yeah. your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a, it's a very great area it could be quite controversial, people listening and maybe think they might be throwing things at the radio or it's like, what do you, what do you, what do you do? can't say yeah. that <laughs> well I think um should the parents choose to sort of be you have that time where they have more time with their kids in the first five years, yes, there should be something in place to enable them to do so. Um, however, um, and I'm basing this on the nursery school that my son went to because I was pretty much back at work from the moment he turned one right. uh, and he did used to go through those long hours. Um, the, the 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 way they're running those nurseries now is they do teach them so much more. You know, they 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 have they take education quite seriously. My son, when he was in the preschool class at nursery, was already being prepared for school. So they used to practice handwriting and stuff like that. So you know, me working, you know, the normal nine to five. By the time I pick him up, you know, we're doing dinner and we're singing songs and maybe I'm reading him a story just to help him on his development. But if you know having your parent with you more in those early five years doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be better off. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Good, good idea. I, I personally don't think so because then it depends on the individual parent. Are they actually going to take that active role to then start educating their child? This is a thing, you know, do they then say, let the child be a child? And then when they go to school, say it's the teacher's responsibility to teach the child. Of course, it is a teacher's responsibility, but the teacher can't do it alone. This is the same thing that we, I was saying about Sadiq Khan. Yes, he's the mayor, but he can't do it alone. He needs a support system the teachers need those parents to be supporting them but then the parents are resistant to that you know they bring the kids home and then they just want them to be kids and then they send them to school and you know expect the teacher to do everything it's not just on the teacher it's on us as well we need to see what is my child learning this term oh they're learning about romans etc okay that's good you know um you know it's it's, it's a difficult thing to say you know but again i speak from a single parent mm -hmm. uh point so maybe for me because i was alone mm -hmm. I, I it, it was necessary for my for my child to be in education to be in nursery for the long hours etc understandable anything else you want to touch on education um yeah, no, 
I think it's, it's such a big topic, exactly. really, Fraser. We could be going for hours, exactly. but we don't have that much no. time. We're gonna, but we'll take another wee song break. Uh, we will play Gladys Knight and the Pips, the uh, which is Midnight Train to Georgia. Uh, great tune. Uh, my friend Brad Cooper, who was from Canada, who has uh, sung this many times when he was in Edinburgh, doing a live doing live gigs around the pubs and the uh, places in Edinburgh, which is great. Hearing him sing it, very good song, very addictive. So every time I hear it, I kind of feel like he so I can picture him singing it. But it's very good. And uh, <laughs> but here's uh, we're gonna come back. With, We'll come back after uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips. Uh, drag this over here, on and uh, we'll be uh, with more information on Chip, and we'll just have a general chit chat, and um, we'll go from there. And we can uh, tell us a bit more insight to yourself and your coaching and anything else you want to talk about. And we'll wrap it up. Awesome. Okay, we'll be back after this.
This is Hearts Live Radio. Edinburgh Scotland's number one inspirational station. Welcome back to Hatsagram's Village Podcast Show and Hearts on Live.co.uk. We've got Chip on the phone. Uh, so, Chip, um, tell us a bit about your coaching, what you do, which could bring us in the bread and butter for the, the money, basically, and anything else you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, oh, I just wanted to say I love that song, Gladys Nice. It was a good Gladys Nice, awesome. So, um, so I, um, I call myself the change motivator. What do I motivate change in? In the mindsets of women. I work specifically with single mothers, but all women as well. We're all the same. Um, and I sort of help you positively change your say, goal-pursuing mindsets, you know, to break down those barriers, those limiting beliefs that stop us from moving forward and actually, you know, delving into our full potential. Uh, my focus uh, on single mothers is one, I am one. So I, I know what I'm talking about because I've had to be that person who has had to change my mindset to be able to get ahead and um, and I help you work in collaboration with your children so that you can also help them achieve their goals in school, in you know extracurricular activities, whatever it is that they want to succeed in, but it also creates sort of like a way of discovering that you know our regular nine to fives are not the, the be all and end all of it, of it all, we we have so much more potential in other areas that we're not using to our um, benefit, you know. So yeah, so that's what I do. And um, I run workshops in London. And mm-hmm. um, I've got one coming up uh, this quarter. So there'll be um, one every quarter this year. And um, the next one I'm doing, I'm hoping to have a space where the parents can bring their children as well. And I mainly focus on early years because that's what I'm familiar with. Um, so early years, you know, primary school ages, etc., etc. So I'm trying to find a space where the parents can bring their children and we can all learn together. There's so much learning we can do from our children as well. Because, believe it or not, they're great minds from a very young age. So we need to start exploring those areas. That's what I do. That's cool. That's good. So what uh, other stuff do you do apart from just your coaching and, uh, I mean, your movies, TV programs, what's your favourite set of movies or what's your favorite, what do you watch on telly? Well, my TV life—if it's not the news—then I'm I'm confined to um, children's programs. We we actually have a no TV policy on from Monday to Thursday in our house. Wow. Um, that is, yeah, that is very wow. Yeah, so we we spend we spend time just talking. By the time we get home, it's you know it's fairly late, and the child has to you know um, get ready for school the next day. So we we spend time talking and catching up on the day, and you know he's very good. He'll ask me how my day was and stuff like that. So we spend that time chatting and bonding because the hours are so limited. Yes. Um, and so when we do watch. Uh, TV on a Friday evening or on the weekend, we'll we'll watch a movie. I love Disney movies. I love we love all the Disney movies, the princess movies, the the, the pirate movies, anything Disney. Cool. Um, or or we're we're outdoors. I love being outdoors. Uh, as long as the weather's good, um, we're outdoors. We're playing in the park. 
and we're on our scooters. <laughs> yeah, I do have an adult scooter. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, part, so that's great. I mean, if you I suppose at this day and age, a lot of parents will just stick the television on and bang their kid in front of it and just to keep them quiet. You know what I mean? Obviously, you're doing the opposite. You're saying, if you want to watch telly, it's weekends only. And uh, literally, Monday to Thursday, you're just lit talking, which is great, because it means they're not getting addicted to constantly just watching telly or being stuck in front of an iPad and watching YouTube videos or whatever. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Which is very good. Well, fantastic. Well, anything else you want to chip in? I mean, where, where can you... Because your name is Chip, it's automatically you want to chip in. I don't mean to say that. It's not quite... Oh, jinx. I'm putting my foot in it every time I say it. Anything you want to... No problem. <laughs> so my full name is Chippo Chitewe. Okay. Chip is basically what everybody else calls me. You know, it's my nickname, but, you know... You know what I mean? When um, somebody says, do you want to... Anything else you want to say? But obviously the automatic thing is, do you want to... You see the chip. It's just, just you can't help it. It's like ah! exactly chip. Yeah, exactly. To, it, it's always chip. It, it just always falls back as chip. So that's fine. But as when you say, do you want to chip anything else into the the conversation or anything else you want to say? You, is that sort of phrase? You go, uh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> Crumbs. <laughs> help! I keep saying that. Uh. Well, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your oh. show. And um, if anybody wants to get in contact yes. with me, find out a bit more about what I do, check out my website, www.chipotchitewe.com. Cool. And uh, just find out what I do. Well, the, all the, her website will be in the show notes uh, where you can listen to the show on the podcast afterwards. Uh, it'll be up uh, so you can hear the replay uh, as a podcast you can listen to it anytime anywhere all over the world wherever you may be you can hear this uh, this conversation this chat uh, it's been great to have a chip on the phone and a guest co-host and we would love to have you back again anytime if you if there's more stuff that you want to talk about or something like education or something different than crime or whatever if there's something on an event that you might have coming up you're welcome we'd love to have you on again and talk about more uh, stuff that you've got going on in the future awesome uh, thank you very much uh, we've had obviously previous people we've had it we were connected with is Ruth Ellen Jex Lee uh, looking forward to if you're interested in coming on the show like Chip has uh, want to be a guest co-host get in touch we'd love to have you talk about your platform talk about play about music have a bit of a general chit chat on, on a Saturday night uh, but yeah so as I say if you're out there hope you had a good Saturday and hope you've been listening tune in to the podcast uh, which the link will be around Facebook um, so you can find it but my podcast if you just search Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed you'll find us online quite easily we're also on iTunes but you have been listening to the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show on heartsonlive.co.uk with our guest co-host Chip and we thank you for being the show until next week we will catch up with you later we'll be interviewing uh, regarding uh, breast cancer and talking about that. So take care, have a good night and have a good weekend wherever you are in the world and we will speak to you then. Bye for now.